0: No. Rebel Nation, it's time for the Cannon Motors of Mississippi Rebel Y'all Hotline with your host, Gary Darby. Brown fakes left, goes right himself. He's in the end zone. Touchdown, Ole Miss. Giving you the lowdown on the mighty Rebels for the past 25 years. Near side, there's a pitch. It's on the turf, and the Rebels recover it. Make your voice heard. Be part of the show by texting 662-426-1093. Touchdown! John Rice Plumley faked it to Connor off the left side, kept it around the end, and takes it to the Powder Blue House. 662 426 1093. And here it is. We're underway in the Sugar Bowl. And here's your host, Gary Darby.
1: Indeed, we're back in studio, Gary, Chuck, and Gordon with you on a Monday night with the Cannon Motors of Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline. How you doing? You can get them those text messages at 662-426-1093, 662-426-1093. No matter the sport, whatever you want, we ought to be able to make something up and tell you about it. Hi, Chuck. What's up, Gary Darby? Man, dude, I did a little television over the weekend yeah. for the Baseball Network and watched Ole Miss and Tennessee. Now, so,
2: so tell us a little bit about what's the difference between doing television and radio. You don't have to be quite as descriptive on television. And that's a problem for me. Is it? Real problem.
1: Like, I want to describe every here comes the pitch, what it is, yeah. what not, and not leave Keith Kessinger enough time to – really tell
2: the people what they need to know you know what i mean so you're a butthead on television
1: (laughs) you know it seems to be you know but it it comes from you do something for 30 years right and you're having to describe everything to be everybody's eyes through the radio right and instead you know you can get in the mix of uh sunday's game talking about the tennessee players and all the great hair they have right you know Mm -hmm. when instead of being the bald guy like me and i'm Like, boy, look at, you know, the the right fielder's hat came off and he's got all this hair underneath there. And then, (laughs) you know, the camera starts working with everybody, right? And Tennessee has a lot of, as I said, kids with great lettuce. I mean, there was a lot of good stuff. Handlebar mustaches, Uh everything, and it just rolls through there. So that's the biggest difference to me is not trying to just talk constantly and and allow Keith to – Really describe baseball <laughs> and case Good, very good. Yeah, I'm I'm doing it again tomorrow against North Alabama with Matt McLaughlin, so I look forward to that. But that was, you know, one of the few times that uh, I had a free schedule to do things, and then was going in on the home of the number one team in the country, and ended up on the weekend watching the number one team in the country wear orange. Yeah, they okay. those dudes were oh, yeah. really, really. Good,
2: and we were really bad. That is Come a, on, let's be honest. He, they were great. Yes, we were not. Correct,
1: absolutely. And here's a, a quote that came up just moments ago on Super Talk stations, and he said the same thing in the postgame show from Coach Mike Bianco after you know this weekend, because there were some quotes from players like we overlooked them, we we took them a little lightly, and that happened on Friday night after he got popped pretty hard, right? Mm. And you have to answer something, and I've been that guy. At, Asking the questions to a player after you just lost twelve to one, those guys don't want to talk to you. You know they don't want to answer those. And you kind can't of questions. take
2: literal what they're saying. None.
1: They
3: got their butt
2: kicked. That's, That's it. Right.
1: That's it. And here's what Coach uh, B had to say earlier today.
3: Well, you know, obviously it's disappointing, you know, to lose and you know to, to get swept. It's just, uh, you know, it's a it's a crushing feeling at the end. And, and really, the message is. That this is this league, you know. Everybody wanted to play in it. Every wanted to. Everybody wanted to be a part of it. Uh, I think the biggest disappointment is that we didn't play well. It was a. It was the biggest weekend, obviously, of the season. Uh, you know, a top, you know, two, three team in the country coming to your place. The stadium sold out all three games, and, and we just played poorly. You know, we played a little bit better yesterday, but we really just didn't give ourselves any opportunity, uh, uh, and that was it. You know, if, you, if you're going to have success in our league, you know, I've always said it, uh, if you don't play well in our league, you lose. It doesn't matter who you're playing, but certainly when you play a team like Tennessee, you have to play better than that.
2: Point blank, right? Yeah, got, yeah. Well, said, I mean, and it's all true, but but here's the thing: we've been saying all season long, "What about the starting pitching? What about the starting and pitching?" And we've been since we've been ranked so high, we've been kind of saying, "Well, it's going to be all right." It's not all right. The weekend starting pitching has got to change. The best pitching was yesterday. Yeah.
1: Best pitching was yesterday. Your veteran guy and Derek Diamond gave you some zeros early. You still didn't get the lead for it, but he got you three zeros, which hadn't happened in three straight innings all weekend
2: against Tennessee. But but even he, Gary, when he's going through the the lineup the second time, time, he he doesn't get it done. And so – they got to, I don't know. If I'm Mike, I'm going to start going with these freshmen. Well, the, the question was posed,
1: and I got that audio from the show that was just on prior to us on Super Supertalk, um, about the weekend and what he would do starting wise, and that has not been talked about yet. He's yeah. going to start Washburn tomorrow, and he's going to start McDaniel if they get to play in Memphis. They've tried this the fourth time It's going to rain Wednesday. It's going to come a storm on Wednesday, so they may not get to play in Memphis mm-hmm. on Wednesday. So all he knows is Washburn is scheduled to start tomorrow, and then he'll have McDaniel to start mm-hmm. on Wednesday, and then the Saturday, uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday will be kind of up in the air because this is what you face. You talk about the, our starting pitcher, the Ole Miss starting pitching. Tennessee starters went twenty and two thirds innings, gave up only eight hits, two earned runs, one walk, and twenty seven strikeouts.
2: That's wrong. <laughs> and the other thing now, let's not let's not minimize it. All of their guys are throwing ninety-five plus. Yes, our okay. guys are throwing ninety-two
1: with an eighty-eight mile per hour tight slide, which is ridiculous. Nasty. Yeah. Kermit Davis is coming up next. We have Jake Thompson from the Ole Miss Spirit as well. This is today's show that we call the Cannon Motors of Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline. Let's go.
0: you know she's worth it. You're listening to the Rebel Yell Hotline, presented by Cannon Motors.
1: Woo! Now, when I was young boy. Monday, March 28th, we finish up this month with our Cannon Motors Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline. With Jay Thompson coming up in the back end of the program, we've got text messages to get to. That number again is 662 426 one oh nine three we've got football questions chuck we've got baseball questions we got basketball questions that luckily we get to go right now to the guy that can really answer them as we bring in the head coach of the Omus basketball team kermit davis how you doing sir
6: i'm doing good guys y'all doing good
1: I think so, just uh, moving along, enjoying a little uh, little baseball well, I say enjoying a little bit. Ba- I did I'm a baseball nut, so I enjoyed baseball over the weekend. I might not have liked the outcomes of the three that happened in Oxford, but everything seems to be going okay with me.
6: Well, you know,, uh, I love college baseball myself, and I went to a couple of those games this weekend, and you know, the Tennessee coach wishes the regionals and the World Series was tomorrow because this team <laughs> is. It's one of those deals, and you wait. Tennessee will find the time in that season Well, they won't hit as good, won't pitch as good. Mike's team will come back and, and get on a roll, and everybody goes through that. But I tell you one thing, that's, that's one of the best college baseball teams I've seen over a three-game stretch.
1: No doubt. Coach, you brought up something that I learned as a lesson working with the Memphis Grizzlies over an 82 game season. I think Hubie Brown said it. 10 games, you're going to be really good, nobody's going to beat you. 10 games, you're going to be really bad, and you're not going to beat anybody, and you got to find out how to win those in the middle. Do you carry that through what you do in your college season as
6: well? Yeah, I, I think it's no doubt. And I remember Hubie saying that, and especially over a long season. I mean, baseball plays so many games you know and uh but you're right i mean you know just what kind of tennessee did and how they're playing or whether it's basketball or or college football has a shorter period of time uh but yeah they're, they're, there's no doubt in tennessee's at that point in baseball where uh nobody's going to be you if know, they keep playing like that
2: coach after a disappointing injury riddled season give us a, a state of the union of, of your program right now
6: well we're, we're Never been more excited about next year. Uh, you know, I, I just think that uh, our team will will play at a high level. We, it's like everybody, I think, is over. I don't know, getting close to nine hundred guys in the uh, in the transfer portal, and uh, so there's going to be change on everybody's roster. And uh, you know, so we feel good about the guys that are coming back. And you know, the way I see, we have four of our top five scores back for next year. Uh, we, we love our high school recruiting class that's I guess right now has been ranked I guess 22nd in the country and, and we, we we love those guys they're gonna be good players and then God we've been so aggressive in the transfer portal and I can't probably involved with 35 to 40 guys uh, right now in the portal and uh, you know so I feel really good about where we're going and uh, you're right you know I I give you a little update I mean uh, uh Deshaun Ruffin is, you know, progressing very well by the office today with his ACL surgery, had a schedule. Uh, Robert Allen, who had a really tough injury, is back to jogging and doing some things with, with his injury. Both those guys won't participate in anything this summer, but I think be back early fall. Uh, Ty Fagan, who, who really played hurt the last five weeks of the year, uh, he had surgery uh, a week ago. And uh and I we we asked him if he wanted to shut down. He says, No coach, you got too many guys out, I'm gonna keep playing and then Jar obviously hadn't done one thing since the season's been over and he's rehabbing. I don't think he'll get back on the floor till probably the middle of uh probably the middle of April I would say. So all those guys are doing good and uh, you know, progressing and uh, so it'll be good to get all those guys back at some point.
5: Coach, you mentioned these guys. I mean you brought up Ty Ty Fagan and Joiner. I guess they're going to return to the team then
6: well you know uh Ty Fagan will uh Jarkel is going to go through the uh, uh he's, he's going through the evaluation process and Jarkel and I talked about this you know TD did it and our other guys have done it uh but he's going we, you go through an evaluation process and hopefully we'll get that back in the next probably I'd say a week and it kind of evaluates your status Jarkel's will be a little skewed because of the injury and kind of how he ended the season because of the back. Uh, and then I think, you know, Jarkel hopefully will we'll get some workouts in May and get some great feedback. If he doesn't get the results that he wants, then he'll come back for his super senior year. And uh, But I think it's a great process for, for all these guys to go through.
5: You, you talked about the transfer portal. I mean, how many guys do you think that uh, y'all will be able to take
6: you know, the, the number, I'd say right now, three, you know, we're looking at is, is three guys in, in the portal. And, uh, you know, so we're looking at best available. We need to for sure get two bigs in the portal that, that can really, really play and, uh, and kind of best best available uh, for the third one. And, uh, you know, if, if Jarkel stayed in the draft, it would be maybe four. Uh, so, you know, it could kind of range. Right now we're kind of depending probably on three guys
2: so, uh you hadn't mentioned matthew Morrell. is are you confident he's coming back?
6: Yes, Matt's doing great. I hadn't mentioned him because he's he was he was one of the guys who stayed healthy Chuck so it was yeah. great, you know <laughs> and so Matt had a great uh year uh he's done an unbelievable job uh he's having a really good spring and uh, you know some guy's timeline is just different and uh, i I think it i thought he could have made easily an all-SEC team. I think you will be a preseason all-SEC selection next year. I think Deshaun Ruppin, you know, we have two or three guys that's a chance to, to be on the all-preseason SEC team next year. But, yeah, I think Matt's going to have a great spring and summer.
2: Coach, w- when you look back and you evaluate the season, moving forward, is there anything that you are going to change schematically or whatever? Uh, or, or is it just – been a matter of injuries.
6: No, not everything's injuries, Chuck. And I'm not trying to be a guy that puts it all on that. We had six close losses that that uh, we could have done a better job. And so we go evaluate all those tapes and whether it's the overtime loss at Tennessee, overtime loss at Florida, you know, close losses in, in the league, South Carolina, Vandy. So you know, you're four or five possessions away from from being a different team. So all those things that. You know, whether we will self-analyze everything I've done, our staff, our players, and so we all go through that process. We all wanted to play a lot faster than we did this year, and, and I hate to say it, but because of the injury, we we didn't. Deshaun makes us faster. I do think that with, Amari, uh, with some commitments that we have and with T.J. Cleveland, I just think that our team will play a lot quicker uh, in transition. Uh, we've got to get more cheaper baskets. We didn't guard guys like we've guarded the first three years and uh, didn't create as many turnovers uh, as we normally do. Our points off turnovers wasn't as good, and our one one wasn't as good. And so all those things, where we evaluate everything, uh, Chuck. And, uh, you know, and so we we just got to get get our team right. I think the foreign tour this summer is going to really help us. Uh, we're going to the Bahamas and play three games, and I think that'll be a great, great trip for us. We did our first year here with TD in that group.
2: You got room for me with some of my golf clubs? You Better <laughs> my, believe it. And my you scuba come on, gear.
6: <laughs> you can come, Chug, anytime. I'm telling you, love to have you,
5: Coach. Uh, you got this good recruiting class coming in. I don't know if you, since you've signed them, if you can talk about them. You tell us a, a little bit about these players, or, or not?
6: Yeah, we've got, we've got three guys we've signed and one committed that I can't comment on.
5: Okay.
6: Uh, uh, Malik Ewing, the kid that we've signed, you know, his team got beat in the state championship game from Burtmore High School, about 6'10", uh, the best big in Georgia. And so uh, Malik is a really skilled player that, you know, is like a lot of freshmen, you know, will kind of have to, to, to get his, himself in the best possible shape. Uh, T.J. Caldwell. Uh, from Dallas-Fort Worth area, it was MVP, the Texas 4A. They won the state championship. I think next year can be as good or better any athlete in the SEC, uh, can really shoot, will be an immediate impact on our team. Uh, Robert Coward, who I think is one of the toughest players that we have in our class, uh, played in the Southern California team, and a big physical guard that can really shoot. And the other commitment is going to be a really good player.
2: All right, Kermit, so, one thing last year, um, you know, I, th- I thought that the team overall got good looks, but we we were we went through a period where we just couldn't knock down shots. So was that a that emphasis of recruiting to get some better shooters?
6: Yeah, you know, I I, I think that if you look at it, I think we're third in the SEC in three point field goal percentage. You know, so. Uh, you know there were some times that you know our team shot a good percentage uh from three i'm telling you Chuck, i we didn't play fast enough in transition and we didn't guard well enough and, and that's teams that we've coached have usually been teams that that guard but we've got to get more opportunities in transition and i agree there was times we did we, we struggled shooting uh from the floor uh but you're right we and I, think, I think jamin Breakfield, i think jamin turn down a lot of good threes we'll just constantly say jamin shoot shoot threes at your hey coach and he would turn them down and so those coach, are the things we talked about
2: we're right on a on a break and we sure appreciate your time my friend good you luck in go the transfer down. portal
7: um, miss.
0: Lawsuits have been filed by parents of premature babies who died or were seriously injured of necrotizing enterocolitis after being given Similac or Enfamil infant formula. The law office of Dan Mars is currently accepting necrotizing enterocolitis cases in all 50 states. If your child was injured or died after being given Similac or Enfamil baby formula, please call the law office of Dan Mars immediately for free consultation at 1-800-650-2152. That's 1-800-650-2152. More of the Rebel Yell Hotline, presented by Cannon Motors, coming up next.
1: By the way, tonight's Coach's Corner was brought to you by Gateway Tire. They've served us since 1929 with 54 locations across six different states. Gateway Tire. Goes the distance for you. Gary, Chuck, and Gordon back with you with the Cannon Motors of Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline. Time for text messages by Canon Cleary McGraw. You can visit their website at ccmoxford.com for homes. As well as lots, lands, and condos for sale in Oxford. One of the questions was about Kermit Davis and the transfer portal. So I hope you got that answer uh, from Coach there during the interview. And so, guys, he mentioned three for sure that he would go, including two bigs. Mm -hmm. Needing to get those. And then the best player available. Right. So they're working, as he said, around 35
2: different players. So uh, Hunter and Slayton and.
5: Vanderhusen. Vander Vanderhusen. Vander I can't <laughs> say his name either, Chuck. So I'm right there. I call him Eric. Vanderhyden. Very high. Hayden hey,
2: have all hit the portal, and we heard that Rodriguez did late today, but we don't know that officially. Yeah, it just
1: popped up on a couple of uh, Twitter accounts. No one that yeah. I personally know along the way that you've seen. I was I was encouraged
2: that he said morell and uh, Ruffin are coming back because to me they're the they're going to be the uh the the foundation of the team and i've said all along and you guys can back me up on this a team without a point guard cannot win look at the final four absolutely they've all got good point guards when we lost our point guard bless their heart crowley and and joiner are not point guards and it showed you got to have the point guard and you got to play half court defense and he mentioned both
1: yeah. of those in, yeah. the, in, in the
5: interview, yeah. right?
1: And if this time of year special garden you yeah. guard, you know, Got a guard. Crowley's to a
5: guy that could probably come in and play some minutes for you. But you're right, Chuck. He's not legitimate. He can't play a lot for you, no, and you, you win. you
2: got to get 35 minutes out of roughing.
5: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I
2: mean, to win in this And then league. this
5: other kid they signed out of California, uh, Amirio. I can't remember what his name is. But, you know, he's a point guard, and he's a three- or four-star. So, you know, hopefully he comes in and helps them some. That's good.
1: Six six two four two six one zero oh, nine three. Where it was plain and simple. Did Chuck go to football, and if so, what did he see?
2: he <laughs> <Did laughs> go to football this hey, weekend, Chuck. I was, I was encouraged because you know we we lost a lot, but in the transfer portal, they signed a lot. they they filled in exactly the pieces they lost, and you know I, I was impressed for the first time seeing them. Um, I, I think the players that they've signed in the transfer portal are equal to what they lost. And, and I think the returning players, there's more of a nucleus there than a lot of our fans give credit to. Uh, returning players that played significant roles, uh, all but one on the offensive line. I mean, there's only one new offensive lineman. Uh, now, That you know, a whole new running back, except for Kentrell Bullock uh, room. Uh, same wide receivers, except for a couple. Uh, all the secondaries returning, so... You know, a, a lot of the defensive lines were turning, but, they're, but they filled in with some great pieces, I think. So first look, I'm excited. Quarterback included in that excited yeah, part? Yeah, yeah. both both the quarterbacks. Uh, Dart's a little more aggressive in throwing downfield. He's going to take more shots than Luke. Uh, Luke's a little more under control. Uh, Dart's a little more gunslinger type. Um, but both of them did some good things. Both of them have live arms. Uh, both of them can run the ball pretty well, so uh, I think it's going to
5: be a battle. Dart's kind of a big kid, though, isn't he, Chuck? He's I mean, not
2: he's, huge. I mean, he's yeah. he's I just mean, a, thickness, little, yeah. he's a little bigger than Luke, but not, not a lot. Um, not Maybe an inch taller, maybe 10 pounds heavier, 15 pounds heavier. Yeah,
5: the, what I've seen of him, you know, the films and stuff, looks like he's kind of a, you know, husky-type kid, you know. Yeah.
2: I don't know if Husky is the right word, but he's put together right. Yeah,
5: yeah.
2: A couple
1: of other questions that are baseball-related, and we'll get to one in the next interview with Jake Thompson, who comes up uh, at about 630. But one was, why did our players continue to woof at Tennessee after getting our tails whipped? Bad look, but appreciate Brandon Johnson's more mature and measured response at the end. Look, it's gotten to where – I mean, players are emotional, right? And if you strike a guy out, you do still, you know – have to say a little something you, know, you show a little emotion somewhere along the way i get it when you're down 12 nothing or whatever maybe you don't need to bark or, or, or totally go quite so much but playing on emotion we see it in every sport
2: yeah I don't, I don't know that that whole series i don't have a comment on it we just got kicked our butts yeah. now let's just say it like it is and and to, to try to analyze it right now uh let's see what we do against kentucky let's Move forward, get the bad taste out of our mouth, and see where this team is headed. But right now, ugh, ugh. let's get tomorrow
1: because look, Jacob Gonzalez, Peyton Shotenier, TJ McCants were combined over thirty-five with sixteen strikeouts. Yeah,
2: and they're three of our better hitters,
1: right? Oh for thirty five. Si- come on,
2: with sixteen K's. It was yeah. a rough
1: weekend for a lot of guys. Hopefully, uh, that's again. not
2: a rough weekend. <laughs> that's enough <laughs> to make you want to
1: quit. Yeah, that is good it, grief. It, it was bad. Uh, we'll get to the other question about baseball and uh, the rotation uh, when we talk with Jake. But now uh, we got a, a rebel injury report that we need to get to quickly from Oxford
2: Orthopedics and Sports Medicine, Chuck. All right, uh, in baseball. Uh, you know, sources tell us that Kevin Graham could return by the Alabama Series the weekend after next from his hand injury, but he's going to be evaluated eight days from now, I think I heard Bianco say on the previous show. Uh, Calvin Harris got an at-bat Friday but couldn't go anymore. Oblique strain, is it's hard to gauge how long, but it looks like he's pretty much back. Uh, Mac Cheey is still throw, on a throwing regimen uh, expected back in April at some point. Couldn't tell it was really chaotic at, at uh, football practice. You know you got you're trying to look at 120 players out there, uh, 60 on each end of the field and they're all going at the same time and but from what I could tell, uh, Jonathan Mingo has a little foot problem and he, he didn't go through live contract drills. Jalen Knox, the wide receiver, has a from Missouri has a hamstring issue. He couldn't go through non-contact drills, uh, contact drills, and Ashim Young has a broken jaw, the safety transfer, um, and uh, he he obviously can't go through drills. So that looked like it for football that I could see. Oh, uh, Keys, the linebacker, he's, he's uh, he was on crutches, got a knee issue. And we heard Kermit
1: talk about the basketball guys going through and rehabbing and that Ruffin was ahead uh, of schedule. And we had someone in the text message line uh, mention that that was good to hear as well. we got to see that young man on the floor next year for sure. Jake Thompson works with Chuck at the old Miss Spirit now. He was at all the baseball games over the weekend. We'll do that and more when we continue with the Cannon Motors of Mississippi Rebel Gal Hotline. Oh,
7: Celebrating 20 years in business, whether it's work or play, Big Delta Power Sports in Batesville.
4: Looking for the largest selection of wine and spirits in North
0: Mississippi? Look no further than High Cotton's Wine and Spirits Warehouse in Oxford, located just behind Rebel Racks. You'll find some of the rarest wines that can only be found at High Cotton Wine and Spirits. They offer their customers a unique experience through their employees' expertise in the wine and spirits industry. The High Cotton Wine and Spirits Warehouse is a destination place for all of you true wine and spirit connoisseurs. Come visit us six days a week from 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. at High Cotton Wine and Spirits. Ole Miss football, basketball, baseball, and more are all right here on the Rebel Yell Hotline, presented by Cannon Motors.
1: Still to go on tonight's show, we'll do the red and blue chips recruiting segment. We'll also have the good, bad, and ugly from Chuck. We'll uh, do a few other things of business before we're done with this. Cannon Motors, Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline. Gary, Chuck, and Gordon back with you. Rhino in the studios back in the plush central Mississippi portion of the world. And Jake Thompson from the Ole Miss Spirit is on with us as well. Jake, welcome back. You doing okay today?
3: I'm doing good, Gary. Thanks for having me back on again.
1: Well, listen, before we get started, I'm going to ask you a quick one on baseball, then I think we're going to roll you into football a little bit. Shout out to this guy, Chuck, because I was running and, and doing things, and prior to getting to the stadium on Friday, I had forgotten a jacket. Right, I'm in a short sleeve shirt, and mm-hmm. you know what OU stadiums like on a cold mm-hmm. day. And I was thinking, all right, who's coming that can bring a? My wife was gone, or whatever. I messaged my man Jake Chuck, and he he answered the call. All right, he answered the call. I appreciate you, Fred.
2: You'd have sounded funny with your teeth <laughs> chattering on television, wouldn't yeah, you? yeah, even
1: with the windows closed, it was a little chilly. So I appreciate that, Jake. Uh, one thing, and, and it comes from a listener, and we heard Mike a little bit earlier today address it. We know that Washburn is going to pitch tomorrow. McDaniel is scheduled on Wednesday if they play. He didn't get into the weekend rotation, but do you have any idea or thoughts, because we have a question that came in uh, from a listener about what they may do with the weekend rotation at Kentucky?
3: You know, I, I could easily see him keeping it like this one more time and him just saying, you know, Tennessee was Tennessee. That's like probably the best team in the country right now. Those bats were hot. We just couldn't do anything with them. Or he could do what he did a couple weeks ago, entering SEC play and swap things around. Uh, I I still think at some point we see Hunter Elliott in there. Just it's you know especially those weeks where there's only one midweek game because it looks like Washburn is that go-to midweek guy. And when there's just one a week, uh, but you know I think it just comes down to uh, what he wants to do. But I think you know he can tinker and change. But at some point you gotta just stick with your guys you got and say all right somehow some way these guys have got to get me there. And it may just be a year where you know. You're getting to the bullpen, third, fourth, fifth inning in these SEC weekends, and that's just that just may be what it is.
2: Jake, what what about Riley Maddox? I I don't know that I wouldn't give him a shot somewhere in here. Maybe not this coming weekend, but you know uh, he's throwing mid nineties, isn't he?
3: Yeah, no he uh, he came in and looked real good as well. That's another one that uh, just kind of slipped my mind. That's kind of how good some of these new arms have been, you know, uh, out of the bullpen. I could see Maddox in there. Uh, you know, and it could be where Mike plugs in one one week, plugs in another the next week. It, It's—I it, would say those are your top two if he chose to pull some new guys out of the pen and into a rotation.
2: Uh, shifting gears to football, you were at practice just like I was Saturday. What was your first impressions of the twenty twenty two Rebels? Uh, I,
3: they look good, and as I, I think as you wrote in our practice report, it was kind of a chaotic energy. It was tough to kind of. Keep eyes on everybody, but you know, and it may just be everybody themselves chose to hit the gym or or Savage, the new strength and conditioning coach, has done work in these first couple months, but everybody looked bigger to me. And it's not so much like in the pads, they all just look taller, bigger, and you know, just kind of more muscle on them. And I don't know, is that kind of what you saw, Chuck?
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I was particularly impressed with Cedric Johnson and Clowney and Brandon Mack. Some of those rangy guys that have put on some quality weight, you know, because those guys were two twenty when they got here, now they're two fifty, two sixty, um, and I think that's going to make a lot of difference on that in that defensive front seven.
3: Yeah, that's uh, you know, I, I saw a lot of size, and that's you know, Michael Trick, you know, he's he's probably doing his own stuff, but he's taken to the, this new weight uh, training regimen, I'm sure, but he. He looked like a minimum boys, just lined up out there as a tight end, and they had him in different spots, even kind of like a wing tee type spot at one time in, in the backfield next to uh, the quarterback, either Dart or Altmaier at the time. So, it, you know, there's a lot of size, and now that was the first time we got to see everybody, and it was, you know, about two hours, and we only really got to see maybe 30 minutes of, I'd say, like a simulated practice, kind of like you see in spring training, a, a simulated game where everything kind of was predicted and scripted. Uh, but you know, I liked what I saw from the initial eye test.
5: Jay Gordon Ford here. They got a whole host of new running backs uh, this year. A bunch of guys, transfers, a couple of high school high school guys, some people that have been there. Tell me what you thought about them, and you know how they looked.
3: Uh, uh, Zach Evans and Ulysses Bentley fourth, which that's just a great name. I love that name. Uh, but. He, they both looked fast, and I know it was you know, non-contact based for the most part, so you didn't see if they could bust through any, any tackling. But uh, just from getting the ball and busting off the line of scrimmage, they were very downhill, up and down, saw a lot of speed. Zach looked good, and then I kind of saw a lot of Bentley there. We were on the visitor's sidelines, so we were kind of up close and personal. And when Bentley was in there towards the back end of that controlled scrimmage, if you will, he, he looked good. So I think those are two new additions that are going to do well. And I think we're going to hopefully maybe see Bullock and a couple of these other guys, Woolard, who have just been there a while, waited their turn. Uh, I think this could be another strong running back group compared to last year and maybe, uh, maybe deeper in some aspects.
2: I, I I was impressed too, uh, and I, I do think that Evans uh, is going to be a a power back who has speed. I think that's going to separate him from the pack. But at the at the same time, Bennett uh, Bentley is going to be let he, get him outside, and he's going to be like Dex, Dexter McCluster, that type of speed. I believe, just based on four or five quick looks at him. Uh, you know, obviously, Jake. Uh, in the sec it's all about the trenches um i thought the defensive line looks deeper and as you said earlier a little bigger than they've been uh what was your impression
3: i like that uh defensive line and and the way they were kind of shifting everybody around and and even as we've talked to some new guys like jj piggies uh they've already in this first week had moved him around to different spots to where he's not just going to be one position kind of a utility guy and I think if you can get him and Ivy, another new guy in here uh, like that, and, and if clown, if Clowney could take that next step. You know, I know everybody was excited just because of it, the name and who he was. He just hasn't done much yet, but I think this may be his season to kind of make that noise. And at some point, I noticed they even had him in the, in the linebacker for a certain scheme. So I think there's maybe creativity, not the right word, but a lot of utilization and versatility amongst this defense, especially with Partridge now kind of calling the schemes.
2: Yeah, it looked like uh, to me, and again, you know, not giving away too many trade secrets, but it looked to me like Partridge is going to be more more aggressive play caller than DJ Durkin was. It looks like he he likes to have an attacking defense. Now, this is based off thirty minutes the first practice <laughs> that I've seen, but just uh, that kind of jumped out at me.
3: Yeah, and you know this, you know, it could have just been first time in the in the stadium, of spring practice and whatnot. But Partridge, who was kind of right there on the sideline, just happened to be right there in front of where we were kind of herded and allowed to be. He had a lot of energy. He was all over the place. The players were kind of taking to him and, and talking back to him and giving a lot of feedback, especially some of the veterans like Finley and, and, and Otis Reese, who were just kind of around him. I, I, I don't know if they, there seems to be a lot of I don't know if happiness as a word, but people, uh, players are happy that. Partridge is the one kind of calling the shots. So at least that's the vibe we've gotten from quotes we've gotten from defensive guys this this first week. So that could be that you know the whole all of that lumped together, and what Chuck said they're wanting to do with some different stuff. It, this defense is maybe feeding off of that momentum from last season.
2: I uh thought that the wide receivers as a as overall. Were a solid group, but I didn't see anybody out there, uh, and and I hope I was wrong in in my eyesight uh, that didn't appear to anybody out there that was blowing the top off the coverage. I uh, I think I think we need to see a little more speed out there out wide, but uh, what we did see are quite a few competent guys.
3: Uh, yeah, no no doubt. I mean, you've got you still got some veterans in there uh, with with Mingo who. Uh, I didn't really see. I saw him and and you know, suited up towards the end when we were leaving, but I never really saw him do much physical activity. Kind of the same with Reese, and so I don't know if there was something going on there. But of the receivers that were you know taking taking reps and and getting passes, Chuck, like Chuck said, none really made any big plays. There was one long touchdown pass from Dart, but it was kind of over the top of some coverage, and that was really the kind of only fireworks we saw of any kind of passing game, uh, receiver wise or quarterback wise.
2: That was Clay Davis, wasn't it?
3: I believe so, yeah. yeah. I think it was the, the uh, Juco 80, guy that, 84
2: Yeah, that kind of sat out last year. or I, I mean, he didn't play much. I don't know whether he was sitting out or what. But And, uh, yeah.
3: you know, as an aside, we all just kind of got to chuckle because Dart made it. was a great throw and a great catch for, you know, like 40 yards out, 30, 40 yards out. Those who were in the stands, it was they cheered, applauded, and they all kind of got up like, all right, that's the one thing we wanted to see. Can Dart throw a long touchdown? He did it. We're happy. So everybody seemed to be happy with uh, with what they got to see. They gave the people what they
7: wanted.
2: Well, I don't think there's any question that Dart is the more aggressive of the two quarterbacks. Yeah. He he looks downfield a lot more than Luke does. But at the same time, uh, Luke surveys the whole field. I mean, I was impressed with both of them, to be honest.
3: Yeah, Luke was very check-down heavy, uh, and especially from what we saw of him, uh, short little out-routes. Uh, never really went long if he if he didn't like what his checkdowns were he was running up the middle until that you know they blew the whistle to stop the play but yeah each showed something different and I'm hoping this coming Saturday we'll see a little bit more from each on either side of that for both.
1: But well, guys I'm pretty excited about the defensive backfield the ones that are returning because you've got some veteran guys that have been around for four five years or more plus the ones that you brought in uh, is that part of the way our quarterbacks looked is maybe going against some of those guys, hopefully.
3: Yeah, uh, you know, especially with, uh, with like you said, the veterans and Finley and Reese and, and Prince and Battle and a lot of you know others and Tennyson as well. Uh, you know, I think there's chance to grow off of what they did from that Arkansas game to now or to the rest in the last season where they had that turnaround. And, you know, it, it just seemed like they were covering very well and, and kind of led to what, what Chuck pointed out is no receivers really – breaking through or, or kind of being noticed so it led to you know kind of some check downs or, or just a lot of coverage which is i'm sure partridge he seemed happy with everything he never seemed unhappy with anything that took place in the backfield so it was a good first week in the defensive backfield for sure
2: gary to your point the the length of our secondary guys otis reese is a rangy kid. Uh, prince for corners rangey battle is a big corner uh finley's a nice size safety the only only one that is probably a little on the short side that you'll probably love <laughs> i always do <laughs> is Tennyson and they had him playing Jake Springer's position from last year kind of up uh, a, a hybrid safety linebacker but if you don't have
1: those guys that can cover the six three six four six five receivers of the league and the people you're gonna play
2: you're in trouble exactly and I think that uh this year, the, the length in the secondary is what's most impressive to me. Uh, Jake, I was a little, another, another little area of concern I had was linebacker. I, I saw, um, Troy Brown, the transfer looks good on the hoof, but he, he's a little banged up. It seems like he didn't play a lot. Um, Ashanti Sistrunk looks like he's going to be a stalwart, but beyond that, I, I was kind of concerned.
3: Yeah, you know, and, and you you also have uh, some transfers and Hughes and Coleman, who was kind of a surprise spring get. We didn't know he'd be eligible, you know. But then him and Bentley were both uh, deemed eligible on Monday, first day of pr- or day before practice started. But uh, you know, it, I kind of like the receivers. You didn't really see them make themselves known, it, and that, that's obviously that, a big concern because you've got to have that second line of defense, especially. You know, it was kind of segueing from the last question there. Because if you don't have those secondaries who can cover those six foot, six nine, you know, six seven guys, as we talked about, that you got to have those linebackers to to kind of make a make a stop there. And it, like I said, nothing was eye popping, but of course it was like Chuck said first thirty minutes of, of just spring of us getting to see them. We don't get to see them, but once out of uh, of the three practices, so I'm hoping that they're slowly going to take that step. And, and this Saturday and the next three leading up to the Grove Bowl, the, the linebackers maybe won't give us so much concern.
2: Well, and like you said earlier, you saw Brandon Mack and Clowney uh, playing kind of a hybrid linebacker-type position in in some sets. So maybe that's where they're trying to get a little bit of their depth.
3: And, you know, it could just be uh, also they want to do that, but maybe sparking a little, trying to spark a little bit of competition. All right, see, we have some other guys that we can bring in this is what we brought y'all in to do this. It's time for y'all to take that step or somebody else is going to take it. So it could be, you know, how those coaches go a little next to everything.
5: Jake, one last question here. Um, Tight end. I mean, there's been a big talk about that over the last year or so that, you know, they've been hurt there. What did you think of those guys and what they look like?
3: Uh, Trick looked great, obviously. Uh, Like I said, he just stood out. Just being out on the field, he stood out. It was easy to find him. It's like seeing that six foot something kid uh, standing around a bunch of five foot eighth graders in the high school field. I mean, he was easy to spot, but uh, Casey Kelly, he looked like he just, you know, really kind of grew a lot of, a lot of size to him. And he was another big popular target uh, to the quarterbacks. And I kind of liked how he's maybe got a little bit bigger and hopefully it's his time to, to be the one B to the one A of trig. And, and it is time that we finally get some tight ends that can kind of help be that next, that release valve or that other X-factor target for, for the quarterback.
2: Hey, Jake, we've got time for one little short um, question. And and obviously I, I feel the same way you do about Trigg. What impressed me about Trigg, though, is he catches everything with his hands. He doesn't try yep. to catch it into his body, and that that's the sign of a good receiver. Uh, offensive line-wise, four returning guys and one new guy in Mason Brooks, Uh Real short, brief answer, what do you see in those guys?
3: I like I liked the, the starting lineup. As we all know, they've all been shifted around with James and Broker, with Caleb Warren at center, uh, and obviously Acker made a lot of progress last year. Uh, I, I like the starting. Um, and as kind of you alluded to in, in our report, that it's that depth that's going to be concerning, and it seems to be that's the thing that's plagued O-line for years here is what happens if somebody's out or, you know, injury, or you just rotate them out for, for a breather, what's going to happen. So it's going to be interesting to see what that second level does. But I, I love the starting lineup. They all look great. Mason Brooks is very, very big on the, on the line, and I think that's a nice addition to add to an already kind of veteran group that's been here under, under this, uh, you know, Kiffin regime.
1: All right, Jake, thank you so much for being with us tonight.
3: I appreciate y'all having me on.
1: Appreciate you, buddy. Jake Thompson of the Old Miss Spirit. Game Day Outlook brought to you by Mars, Mars, and Mars. Contact them for serious injuries. They've been there for you for over 30 years. We'll come back to finish up tonight's program right after this.
0: Employers, are you paying too much for your group health insurance? If so, call Connie Brazell with Morgan White Group. Connie can show our proprietary premium saver plan, which can save you as much as 18 to 20% on your group health insurance premium. Connie can also show you our employee needs too, offering human resource guidance, payroll solutions, 401K retirement plans, and senior services. Morgan White Group is your largest solely dedicated health and payroll insurance agency in the state of Mississippi, servicing all of your health, dental, vision, and life insurance needs. Call Connie today at 662-259-5552. More of the Rebel Yell Hotline, presented by Canon Motors, coming up next.
1: Each and every week, I want to thank all of you. that text message in at 662-426-1093. And I know some of you have responded to things throughout the show, whether Coach Kermit Davis answered your question or others as well, and even the one. Uh, with the great show, guys, can't wait every Monday evening until y'all come on. Hottie toddy, hottie toddy, back to you as well. Without those kind of people out there, we're probably not in here, right? we got to have those people. No question. All right, it's time for the Red and Blue Chips recruiting segment presented by Go Orthodontics since 1976. They've been offering us affordable quality smiles, whether it's children, teenagers, adults, seniors in Oxford, Saltillo, South Haven, Corinth, and Collierville.
2: Well, most of this is going to be hoops tonight, Uh Jackson State 6'7, 220-pound forward Javius McKinnis visited Ole Miss over the weekend. He's the reigning three-time defensive player of the year in the SWAC. Um, he's got some notable power five competition for his services. Illinois, Indiana, Marquette, Iowa State. Um, Ole Miss will sign, as Kermit said, three or four portal guys. Uh, Cal. University 6'6, 225 pound forward. Power forward Philip Alston is a candidate. Uh, he's been tutored, I mean, mentor. Uh, what am I trying to say, Gary? He's being pursued right. by Ohio State, Minnesota, Georgia Tech, South Carolina. Uh, 6'3 guard Dylan Penn is getting looked at by Ole Miss. Power forwards Desmond and Devin Cambridge, brothers that played for Auburn and Nevada, respectively. They're, look, they're a package deal, and both are looking at Ole Miss. They're 6'7", and 6'5", respectively. Citadel small forward, Jason Roach, 6'5", 200. He's looking at Ole Miss. And then the the big one to me is Utah Valley's center transfer, Fardalls Amak. 6'11", 255 pounds, 18.9 points, 13.6 rebounders. One yeah, of the he's nations. good top rebounders. He had 24 double-doubles. Arizona State power forward Jalen Graham, a 6'9", 220-pounder, and Brown power forward transfer Jalen Ganey, a 6'9", 220-pounder, are all on the radar. And uh, if I can get three or four of those guys, I think they're going to be okay. Um, Football recruiting junior day visits, you got – 2023 four-star quarterback Marcel Reed out of Montgomery was here. Uh, Georgia, Ole Miss, and Arkansas is top three schools. 2023 top 100 prospect OT Madden Sinker out of Georgia. 2023 top 100 prospect defensive lineman Xavier Hardy out of Georgia. Uh, 2023 top 100 prospect Centurion Perkins out of Raleigh, Mississippi, who was an Ole Miss commit, was here. And 2023 defensive lineman Jameson Buxton out of Houma, Louisiana. Old Miss, Florida State, Georgia are his top schools. And that's about coverage. Good. How about the good, the bad, and the
1: ugly as we get our friends at Big Delta Power Sports bringing that to you for another week?
2: Well, the good, I guess it was good that Old Miss and Tennessee didn't play a seven game series. <laughs> <laughs> so That's true. It'd have been over in four, maybe, right. <laughs> watching Saturday's football practice was a good experience the portal guys and new faces are going to blend in nicely with the really quality nucleus of returning players underrated nucleus of returning players in my opinion and I expect 2022 to be another excellent season under coach Lane Kiffin the departure of a lot of players was handled brilliantly by the coaching staff and the transfer portal and I think it's Just a matter of reloading now rather than rebuilding uh, because of the transfer portal, and I like it. The bad, I don't want this to sound too critical, Gary, but I've got to say this. Lady Rebel Coach Yo flirted with Georgia. To me, it's just another example of coaches and players turning into nothing but mercenaries. And frankly, it's made me a little jaded. I think Coach Yo has done a good job here, and I'm glad she's staying but had she chosen to leave, I would not have mourned her departure because obviously she wouldn't be mourning leaving her first Power 5 school who gave her a chance. In other words, my loyalty to coaches, once so deep it was overboard the way I defend them, is no longer as strong as it was. I'm their biggest fan when they are here, but when they leave, I don't fret it for a minute. The same with players who want to transfer out. I hate to be that way. But the environment has has with the transfer portal and the way coaches jump ship has just made me that way. I'm the same. It's
1: taken many years throughout to do it, but the longer you're around it, the more I agree yeah. exactly with you.
2: The ugly. I don't know how you can call the baseball series with Tennessee anything but ugly and and but ugly too. <laughs> I'm sure the team and the coaches are embarrassed by that one-sided showing because I'm embarrassed for them. UT out-hit us, out-pitched us by a wide margin as one could imagine is possibly considering Ole Miss was ranked number one in the nation coming into the game. Obviously, that ranking was smoke and mirrors. I still like this team. There's no doubt about that. But until they right the ship from this butt-kicking, I like them a little less. Sorry, but that was just ugly.
1: Baseball rankings in the top 10, and most all of them still 10, 9, and 11 along the way. But uh, it was uh, not a fun weekend. That's at a all. meteoric
2: drop in it from 1 to 11. Here's, That's a, here's the thing dropping if, hard.
1: when we were talking about that on the television broadcast, the, the top five all lost series except for Arkansas over the weekend. The top five in the country all got beat. Almost was the only one to get swept throughout that. We do give a shout out to softball on the way out. They swept number 19 Missouri over the weekend. They'll be playing UT Martin tomorrow and Arkansas at home on the weekend. Miss baseball tomorrow against North Alabama. Chuck, Gordon, good to see you fellas again. Thanks, yeah.
5: man. Nice show. Had a little vacation last week.
1: Enjoy a little time and we'll be back on Monday night and do it all again. Rhino, thanks to you as well. We're done with this Cannon Motors Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline.